What's up, Cardboard Nation? Welcome to another episode of Go GTS Live, the Hobbies Web Show. Hope you guys are doing well this evening, and thanks for hanging out with us a bit. I'm your host, Rob Bertrand. Joining me as always, Chris Stuber. Chris, what's going on, dude? Rob, I'm devastated today. Um, I'm not sure if you heard the news. I'm not sure if James heard the news, but Bray Wyatt passed away, and... I am heartbroken. I am devastated. Really? As a wrestling I, did fan. Not, I did not hear that. Yes, I am devastated that Bray Wyatt. It just happened probably about an hour ago. So if anyone's tuning in, watching right now and has has not heard the news, I'm heartbroken. Um, oh, that's that that's pretty 36 big. years old. Bray Wyatt passes away. Um, this is a hard one, Rob. He's to me a wrestling genius, someone who I look forward to watching every single time he was on television. And you never knew what he was going to say, what he was going to do. Yep, he was captivating. So to lose a man that young is is always tough, especially someone with that much talent. Yeah, so hard to, on the to hear that news, yeah, sure, uh, and. I think anyone who's a wrestling fan has to be feeling it because uh, he was special, really special to watch. Yep. But other than that, I was, I'm heartbroken. I, I really was coming on tonight and I heard that I was devastated. I needed five minutes to myself. Seriously. There you, there you go. Just, just, just to hear, just to hear that was really just mind blowing to me that, you know, I think just a week ago he was dealing with what people had said. His father came out and said, Mike Rotunda, that he had a life threatening and career threatening illness that he was dealing with that's why he was out of action but um he was on the comeback trail and then you hear this evening that he passed away that's um that's tough that's really tough yeah no doubt so no doubt that's uh that's how i'm feeling right now but i don't want to put this show into a damper mood because I'll put the happy face on, the Disney face, but <laughs> inside I'm hurt, but uh, otherwise I'm doing well. I hope you're doing well, Rob, and James as well. So, um, But that's tough news, really tough news for me. Oh, hang in there, bro. Hang oh, sure. You know, hey, you know, you got these guys that you watch every week and, you know, and you look at them and see the talent that they do have, and it's always unfortunate. It happens so often in wrestling that these guys – they have demons, they have struggles, they have all kinds of things that happen. Hopefully this is a natural incident, um, but it's just unfortunate that any of this stuff happens, especially for a young man that young. I mean, it's just 36. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Heartbreaking. And that wasn't the only bad news in sports this week, which kind of leads us into our GoGTS Live Q of the Week poll question. And so... <laughs> If you've been living under a rock, Shoei Otani tore his UCL. So yeah. it leads to the question, if his uh, pitching career is over, how much does that impact his hobby value? Hmm. Your choices were not at all, slight decline, huge decline. And I wanted to give a hat tip to Ty Wilson at Breaker Culture. I flat out borrowed his ball. That's all right. You're allowed to do that. That was a big topic. I, d yeah. I, I, I DM'd him. And um, so well, leading the way enough is to like, have the, the hat tip. The hat tip is always a good thing to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
so the slight decline is leading it with 65.2%. But I think it's interesting, the timing of this, because weren't we just talking about how much longer does Otani need to play both sides of the ball to be considered the greatest player of all time? And we were thinking five, six, you really have to start having a serious conversation. And so it's, it's massively unfortunate that the sports world has been denied that debate sometime in yeah. the future. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, well, my vote for this was slight decline. That's where I think it is. In terms for him, however, he's going to be a free agent next year. So for him, this could be a huge decline in terms of what he gets on the open market as a free agent. But it within was- the hobby... It was you said know, to be the biggest contract of all time. Sure. Yeah. People were saying, I heard a estimate of a 12-year, $720 million right. contract because you're paying for one of the greatest hitters in baseball and also one of the greatest pitchers in baseball. And now if he's just a, a hitter, you know, he's probably still going to get around Aaron Judge type of contract, but it's not going to be that massive one right. that people were expecting. So. I, look, with the hobby, he's still going to hit home runs, and I think this could actually even be better for him to focus on hitting because he is such a dominant hitter. And imagine him just putting all of his time and effort into hitting and mastering that craft. I wouldn't be surprised if he could hit 60, 65 home runs in a single season. That would be phenomenal, and that's what the hobby's all about, offense and those guys who get the long ball. Sure, sure. I think um – when I initially answered this question, I answered huge decline Hmm. because I was thinking um, more short term, I think. Okay. And so I think there's a couple different ways to look at this. I I would be, I would be shocked if there wasn't some huge movement and drops over the next week, 10 days, two weeks. Sure. When things settle out and, (laughs) you know, people regain their senses. I think that'll be one that'll see an eventual ascent back to previous levels, but there's just so much of the unknown right now. Well, you got the paper hands that are out there. So there's the people who get a little scared off. They're thinking, okay, he's hurt. However, he's still going to play. It's not like he's going to be on the IL or out for the entire season. He's still able to hit. Is he going to be able to hit with power with the UCL? That's remains to be seen, but he's still going to be able to play. Now, I'm going to flip this around really quick, too, because Mike Trout went back on the IL yesterday as well. So if you're an Angels fan, it was a bad day to have Otani and Trout go on the IL on the same day. But they're, but, they're, they're not going to make the playoffs anyway. Why not no, shut no, them down? Yeah, I think the bigger question, though, Rob, and it kind of ties into this Otani, what does Trout's value do in terms of in the hobby, because he seems like he's hurt every single year. It's uh, one thing after the other. It's something different, a different body part. It's his hand for the second time this season. Yeah, him getting in the Sosa Bonds uh, territory of home runs, Mm -hmm. probably not going to happen for sure. I think he's going to at least hit 500 if he can stay relatively healthy. I think he's going to get there. It, it's it's so kind of crazy. It's almost like he's mimicking Mickey Mantle's career. Mickey had so many injuries during sure. his career. And having Trout being compared to Mantle, 
this entire time throughout his uh, his rise in the major leagues, um, it's almost kind of eerie to see how their career paths are kind of coming to head to head here, where injuries are just stymieing their production. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely see some some parallel trajectories there. It'll be interesting, but if yeah. you haven't done so already, please weigh in on the poll. If you have an opinion, uh, weigh in there as well. And with a reply, 75 people voting so far, and uh, we'll update that later in the program, as we say. All right. Um, <laughs> All right, here we go. So let's <laughs> let's switch gears here and I know you're um, thinking. I know you're take, thinking. Take a look at uh, some of this week's news notes and nuggets from this weekly segment we do called Hobby Happenings. Okay, so as not to bury the lead, uh, early this Monday evening, the hobby was rocked by news that the NFLPA had terminated its licensing agreement with Panini America. Players Association issued a public statement saying, Dear Contract Advisor, NFL Players Inc. has terminated its trading card agreement with Panini. Effective immediately, Fanatics has the exclusive rights to make NFLPA branded trading cards. The decision has no impact on any individual players' contractual agreements with Panini. If you represent any player or player players with an existing Panini agreement, the NFLPA recommends that you encourage the player or players to fulfill his contractual commitments to Panini. Well, Panini issued a statement in response saying, we believe this was a totally unwarranted improper action by the NFL Players Association in conjunction with Fanatics, especially in light of the unprecedented sales by Panini of NFL trading cards. Panini has grown the category of sports trading cards by over a thousand percent since 2009 to the benefit of all concerned. We believe the only party who benefits from this action by the NFLPA is fanatics and not the players, the leagues, or consumers. We note that in addition to the NFLPA license, Panini has licenses with the NFL and over 360 individual players. Panini will honor all of its contractual obligations. Well then, this was followed up then by Tuesday, uh, Panini filed a demand for arbitration with the American Arbitration Association. And if permitted, an independent arbiter will decide if the NFLPA is able to unilaterally cancel its licensing deal with Panini. David Boys, the attorney who's representing Panini in its antitrust lawsuit against Fanatics, told the Action Network, we think the NFL union's termination is improper and ineffective. Whatnot has very publicly updated its terms of service saying to help maintain a trusted space where customers feel confident in their purchasing experience, we are updating our community guidelines to prohibit bounties and other purchase-based games on Whatnot. This policy will go into effect starting August 28th 2023. 
We aren't exactly sure what the uh, impetus for this decision was, but the language is heavy on no gambling tolerance. The new TOS includes detailed verbiage for breakers. We highly encourage any breakers streaming on the WhatNot platform to familiarize themselves with the new TOS to avoid any potential legal ramifications. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mickey Mantle game worn Yankees jersey we told you about uh, yeah. sold, sold for a record $4.68 million Ooh. this past weekend through Heritage uh, auctions. It's actually the highest price ever paid for a Mantle gamer. Mm-hmm. The home pinstripe specimen was meticulously photomatched to several images of him wearing it in 1958 and early 1959. The jersey sale was one of two Mantle items that combined to sell for over $9 million, mm. the other being this 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle graded in an SGC-9, which wow. sold for $4.5 million. Amazing. Uh, wow. I love Mantle. <laughs> Buying high-graded examples of coveted cards from the most important athletes in history seems to have been as sounds as a strategy there is in collectibles over the last decade. This has once again proven true over the weekend at Heritage. The 1948 Leaf Jackie Robinson card graded a PSA 8 sold for $372,000. While that's not among the highest results ever recorded for the grade, it still works wonders for the seller. The same card last sold in February of 2017 at Heritage for $84,000. The weekend sale represents 343% in total appreciation or almost 26% annually. For assets as old as this one, that annual growth is among the stronger trajectories being tracked by Alton Insights. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And that is a look at this week's hobby happenings. All right. Wow. wow. So it. if I remember correctly, three, four, five, six, seven winners. Uh, four, five, seven winners. Correct. Nice. All right. Yeah. All right. So let me make, change cameras here. That was funny. That was funny. Maybe. <laughs> All right. You may have a shot with a K too. You get four Ks in that name. <laughs> Never uh, in the history of names has there been four Ks in the name. Card Life TV visits friend of the program and great all-around guy, Chris Keller, founder and owner of Top Shelf Breaks, and one of the best in the business. He really is. Um, check this video out. We'll come back and update tonight's poll question and take a look at other products that are hot in the shop this week. Top Shelf Sports Cards is located in Elgin, Illinois. Owner Chris Keller collected cards growing up, but his biggest childhood love was music. That passion for music eventually made him an innovator in the sports card hobby. Child of the 80s. As I was growing up, I had a buddy named Matt who got me into collecting. He had a Tough Stuff magazine, and he would show me the prices of all these cards and how they're going up each month. And that kind of got me got me hooked in. So we were, we were hunting Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, rookie cards back there in the 80s. But uh, I was a lover of radio. Top 40 radio in the 80s was something to behold. That was the only manner to get 
your information about pop culture stuff, music, concerts, television, movies. So I loved radio and I was able to get my foot in the door at radio, literally got my foot in the door and that's how it all started. Keller's love of radio led to several on-air DJ gigs at stations, which led to a job at a DC independent promotion firm working for record companies, which transferred him to LA at the peak of modern rock. And so literally my job every night was to go out to these events, to these concerts, to these venues on the Sunset Strip, basically. But one that stands out the most, we had a good relationship with Warner Brothers, and they invited us out one night to see one of their new bands called Linkin Park. Which then led to a job at Sony Music's Epic Records, promoting some of the biggest artists in the world. At Epic, I really, really enjoyed working with Incubus. Incubus was a great band. We had Shakira. Uh, Shakira was a new artist uh, on Epic. We took her around to the radio stations when she came to the States. Uh, Good Charlotte. Corn was on our label. Audio Slave. And I'm a big Rage Against the Machine fan, so here I am doing meet and greets with Audio Slave. <laughs> Just a lot of surreal stuff. Post music industry gigs in real estate and short sales eventually led Keller back to the hobby. So we're building our short sale business, and one night I'm going through my phone because I'm a collector at heart. I still love cards, I still love sports, and I saw somebody opening up packs. And I was like, this is pretty cool, what is this? I can still remember where I was sitting, in my office downstairs, this little house we had. And uh, so I jumped into one of those breaks. I found it in 2007 and eight, and then I was started buying in breaks a lot. But when I was watching it, I kept thinking, there's something missing here a little bit. There's some things that they're leaving on the table that could enhance this experience. So having a radio background, they're very promotionally involved. How can we get people to be passionate about our brands and have some entertainment value? And we started in the basement. And uh, that's how it all began. This will be our ninth summer doing breaks. <laughs> wow! And we were kind of first. We would make our own packs back then and heat seal them and use those as prizes, adding in memorabilia. I found the wheel, the digital wheel that spins six, seven years ago. I hunted down and found that. So I'd have a you know break night and I would say tonight going to win some prizes and I'd put prizes on the wheel and I would screenshot it and spin the wheel. And that's a common today, that's, that's what they do. I was always playing music when a big song, when a big hit would come up, I would play my big hit music and lead up to that. I had a covering for the hits so that nobody could see what they were. I had a branded one and it looked like a super fractor and I still have it to this day that I would cover up the cards with and hold it and reveal it. So there's a lot of elements that uh, we did back in the early days that today are just so common. Uh-oh. The course of time, two or three years into doing it in the basement, I, I had to get out of the basement because it just starts to get overflowed. I found my first place after um, maybe three and a half years of being in the basement. And uh, I came here to get my car done one day. I walked down here and saw a sign in the window for lease. And I looked in, I said, uh-oh, I think I like this place. Look at the floors. Look, it's open. I, I, I can see it. This is our third summer here in this location. We do live events. That's probably one of the most fun things, is doing live events here with the people and the kids and giving out free packs and pack wars, box wars. It's engaging with the community. So I, I love the promotional element of it. All right. That is very cool. 
But yeah. I have one more Card Life TV segment uh, that I think is really special later in the program as well. So congrats to Chris Keller on the success of his business for sure. You can tell by the just the way it looks is and how he interacts with customers that it's a happening LCS. That's great. All right, updating our poll question. 111 people weighing in, still about 42 minutes left. Don't hesitate to retweet that as well. And let's see if Shoei Otani is done pitching, how much does that impact his hobby value? Hat tip breaker culture. Uh, 18%, not at all. Huge decline, 19.8%. Everybody else, no panic. 62.2% saying slight decline. Yep. So, very cool. All right. right. So, in addition to What If and CHL, there are four additional products that are going to be releasing this week if they haven't already. So, let's take a look at our weekly Hot in the Shop segment. Um, well, that, yeah, this is the one I want. Luminance football. <laughs> Luminance NFL football delivers three autograph cards, one memorabilia card, plus five parallels, four inserts, and 12 rookies. So nice eclectic break. Uh, Luminance football features what you've come to know and love is with the full bleed action photography loaded with parallels and inserts as per usual. It's got the hottest new rookies of the 2023 NFL draft. Look for on-card rookie autographs in year one signatures. Those have parallels in red ink, green ink, and purple ink. So that's pretty mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. New, new, look for Axis autographs featuring some of the league's best head turners as well as base autographs, patch autographs of the NFL's most elite players and more. Four inserts in every box, classic SSP inserts like Far Out, Luminosity, Name of the Game, but also look for new, unforgettable, as well as the SP insert animation. Luminance base set, full bleed action photography, as you've come to know and love, horizontal and vertical versions and it's parallels on holographic stock. Again, 12 rookies in every box. Look for some of the first officially licensed trading card of the top 2023 NFL prospects. Again, horizontal and vertical versions available. It's in stores this week, and you know it, the checklist is up on gogts.net. Be sure to check it out and everything else. All right, 2022-23 Upper Deck Black Diamond NHL Hockey Cards delivers one autographed or diamond relic card, which is a non-auto, one base set or parallel card, all numbered, plus one exquisite collection card, all numbered, and three regular insert, tech, and or exquisite collection memorabilia cards, which is a non-auto in every box. Black Diamond is a high-end product and the first of the season to feature an extensive selection of premium autograph and memorabilia cards for the 2022-23 NHL Rookie Class. The latest edition of Black Diamond showcases a 100-card base set, number to 349, which features all-new red, number to 75, blue, number to 25, green, number to 10, and gold, one-of-one one parallels. Uh, in addition to the new parallels, keep an eye out for pure black auto, which is varying numbered, pure black premium relics, 
Diamond Relics, which are number to five, and Pure Black Diamond Relics, one-on-one parallels. Look for the coveted Diamond Relic rookie cards. Each card in this rookie set boasts one to four Diamond Relics. Uh, keep an eye out for the all-new Purple Parallel, which is numbered to 99 or less, and also one-of-one Pure Black Parallel cards. Um there's so much in this. The Jewels of the Draft autograph patch cards are back. These popular and colorful cards feature 2022-23 rookies. Um, collect veteran Jewels of the Draft cards as well, which are numbered in 99. Every pack includes one exquisite collection chase card. The Black Diamond uh, exquisite cards feature an exciting array of rookies and veterans all numbered. Look for the all-new Silver Spectrum and Gold Spectrum parallels of the exquisite collection moments. Um, also really cool. The Hab retires the Habs retired numbers patches insert set, which is brand new, features retired stars from the legendary organization alongside manufactured patch emulating their retired numbered banners. Each of those cards are numbered to 99. For more on this awesome product the black diamond i can keep on reading but rob will look at me like uh, yeah maybe I'll wrap it up um you can go and check it out on gogts.net but the checklist is also on the website if you want to check that out but this thing is packed it's always a great product black diamond from upper deck check it out this week and then next up we have a buyback product from the master brian gray at leaf trading cards leaf solo pack buyback cards one buyback card in every pack so basically you know brian goes to the dallas card show the national other shows and he's buying as you can see here looking mm -hmm. for premium hits so look for autographs vintage rookies premium memorabilia rare parallels and much more and what's better if you're not a baseball fan but maybe a football or basketball fan those versions aren't available just yet but coming soon so mm -hmm. leaf solo pack buyback cards in stores this week 2023 tristar completely ken griffey jr autograph card delivers one ken griffey jr autograph card in every envelope new from tristar collect the best cards of the kid um, also, find one Ken Griffey Jr. autographed Jersey Redemption card in every case. That's um, unbelievable. Only 40 total cases are produced. Hunt for the Grand Treasure, 2015 Tops Triple Threads, triple, triple Relic Auto of Hank Aaron, Ken Griffey Jr., and Mike Trout. Look for a 1989 rookie-inscribed rookie cards. Find Topps Project 2020 autographed and inscribed cards. Inscriptions include HOF 16, 1989, 24, 10-time GG Gold Glove, and then 13-time AS, which is obviously All-Star. And then all cards are authenticated and encapsulated by PSA. Wow, this is a tremendous, tremendous product from TriStar. Ken Griffey Jr. autographed cards. Check it out this week, the kid. It's rare that we get an opportunity to open TriStar products because the, the they make so little of it. Yeah, it, it sells out. Uh, but that's one man that we oh that'd be fun. Um, maybe you know you have the ins. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that would we'll be phenomenal to get that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I wouldn't. <laughs> hey, TriStar, you know, like the kid, come on over. 
All right. So <laughs> that's a look at what's not in the shop. Okay. Uh, we're going to put Chris to work pulling winners for tonight's prizes. In the meantime, while he's doing that, you watch this. Well, there's a card shop in Benton, Illinois, that is on a mission. And Card Life tells the story of how every penny of every dollar from this shop is spent in the community. Meet Cans Can Ministry. Feed the hungry, provide housing, fund schools, care for the elderly, provide job training, give a foster child a warm bed. This October marks the 23rd anniversary of a sports card-based mission unlike any other. 23 years of bringing light to a community in need started in the darkest time in founder Greg Poole's life. Grew up here, went to grade school, high school, uh, went to college down the road at Carbondale. Uh, so just been a Southern Illinois lifer and had some traumatic incidences in my childhood. Got into cards because of sports, because of friends, because of cousins. The card shop really provided myself with a kind of a sanctuary, a uh, place that I can kind of collect my head and kind of, um, you know, be apart from some of the things that were going on in life. I just went through some real traumatic events in my life. And then at 16, I uh, decided that I was going to end my life, that that was the end of it. And one of the things that I wanted to do, kind of my last act here on earth, is we uh, did Meals on Wheels through high school. And we'd kind of gotten close with some of the people on the route. And so I went around to some local card shops, to some local some buddies, and, and I sold what I could. And I went out and uh, I bought some food for the people that were on our Meals on Wheels list. And then um, I'm still here, so obviously the, the plan didn't come to fruition. But when I got back in my truck, I started looking at these boxes that I had um, in my truck still, and I thought, well, I'm here for something. And really, so that was October, uh, that'd be, like I said, 23 years ago. Um, that idea came that, you know, this can really kind of lead to something. Now, would I have thought that it would have led to where we're at now? Absolutely not. We're in a pretty economically depressed area, and so really it was just kind of opening my eyes to what uh, we could do for other people. Uh, I think our first official project, we bought tires for a, a senior citizen who was driving around on, they look like Formula One tires. Sold some things, put it together, bought our tires, and from there it was just like, what can we do to make others' lives better? That first act of kindness became a pursuit to improve lives in an area that covers 145 miles north to south of Benton and 123 miles east to west. The method? Selling sports cards. But Cans Can isn't a shop donating a portion of all proceeds or even just their profits to support their mission. Our business model may not be for everybody. It might not be for the faint of heart. We give 100% of sales. It's not profits. It's what we sell the item for. So if we sell it for $5, $5 goes to whatever the need is at the moment. 100% of the money goes. We have no overhead. Everything that we have in the shop is from my own collection. I've traded for it. I've purchased it. We do accept donations. So we do have sometimes that donations will come in. But yeah, we, the, the ministry or the, our program is not out any money for what we sell. We initially started with teachers and schools. We can't reach everybody, so we want to reach the people that can. And so we started in local schools. 
We've had somewhere in the neighborhood of 370 teachers come in from um, all parts of our state. And so we provide all of those things that a teacher needs free of charge. There's a few assisted living facilities in town. We've learned that there's low income people in there. So uh, we do things like we call it free market where we just take everything that they may need. Um, we give it away. Uh, we do a meal route twice a week. Uh, we cook them meals. Uh, we do a lot with foster care families. If a, like an emergency placement, emergency uh, removal of the home, the foster parents will call us and say, we need clothes, we need shoes, uh, we need beds. Um, so we'll, we'll get that for them. If we have it here in our shop, we let them come in and pick it up. Benton's a little under 7,000 people. Uh, it is the county seat for Franklin County, which is unfortunately one of the more poverty-stricken counties in the state of Illinois. So there's a lot of need in our area. One of the things I used to have was a fitness center and a bike shop, and it was discovering the needs for kids for bikes. So I was able to come alongside and partner with him as he provided bikes to kids that had needs. And so over the years, it's kind of grown. And now that I'm at this municipal level as the mayor, a big piece for me is how can I come alongside him and help him be successful? as they lead the charge to help take on some of the bigger issues that it's hard for, for a city government to take on. In the front, we have our shop. Uh, it's our fundraising area. In the back part of our, our shop, we used to call it the Teacher Resource Center, but my sweet daughter says, hey dad, we don't serve just teachers. You're gonna have to change the name. And so we just call it the Resource Center now. Uh, so yeah, in the back rooms, we keep anything that a teacher is gonna need for a class. We've got shelves full of books and, and pencils and paper, um, coats, socks, uh, and then vice versa, anything that a social worker may need. We carry diapers, we carry bedding, we carry shoes. Um, we carry just about anything that we've been told in the last 23 years that may be of use. We just let them come in free of charge. If you're a teacher, if you're a social worker, if you come to us for help, we don't, we don't charge you. If you would have told me that 20 years ago that we'd be driving to different parts of the state delivering beds to kids in foster care, or that uh, some of the teachers that I had as a youth would be coming back in here and, and getting the things that they need. No, I would have told you you were nuts. I mean, I'm really happy to recreate kind of what the sanctuary was for me. Um, and then uh, it's my pleasure for this card shop to kind of bring more people under that umbrella uh, and kind of provide things for them through what provided for me when I was growing up. All right, that's going to do it for us here at GoGTS Live. But we'll be back next week with a brand new episode of GoGTS Live, the Hobbies Web Show. In the meantime, you know what to be doing. Always be collecting. Have a great weekend, everyone.